0: Merlin, I promised her I would never speak of these things. Of what? I've always treated you as my son, but that is not what you are. The man you are going to look for is your father. A kiss. Uh, it's the season finale of season two. This is a podcast that we know how to do. Yeah, we're gonna introduce ourselves right yeah. now. I'm Ann Harrod. Hello, I'm Alfie. You don't need to introduce <laughs> yourself to me. That was a general hello. Okay. Greetings, greetings, hello listeners. world. We're going to do the season finale <laughs> of season two of Murder what We're very excited. Is we've put it off because it's so emotionally wracking. That's not why we put it off. We've also, it off. we're busy. We're very busy. <laughs> but also, like, I definitely think that if the season finale had not been emotionally wreckable we would have just done it like when we did the last episode yeah probably um we didn't cry though Neither no but died. that's, that's I, I i feel if we were alone we might have had more emotions that's but as true. it is we sort of egged each other into finding bits of it funny <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're not good for each other a bad influence um so this is the episode the last dragon lord uh yes written by it doesn't matter who it by jones um, Merlin's promise unleashes the great dragon's revenge on Camelot. When Merlin's magic proves ineffective, the only hope is to contact the last living dragon lord. But as Merlin and Arthur set out on their quest, Merlin's, <laughs> Merlin's mind is full of the shocking revelation Gaius has told him. Um, that's a that's a, basically a log line rather than a summary. But yeah, okay. So it starts, it picks up pretty much where episode 12 leaves off in that it starts and there is chaos. Yeah, uh, everything's on fire. And the dragons attacking. We like open on a scene of like fire and people running through the square. And the knight Arthur's like shouting orders to his knights. He seems to be it's vaguely a good leader. Um, and then we like cut to Gwen and Gaius, the people who should have a show together where they interact naturally, have an effect on one another rather than just interacting for no reason. Um, and one of them mentions that it's the third night of this chaos happening uh yeah also I just just as a point the dragon has spent two seasons being like we must protect camelot we must <laughs> uphold arthur as the king and then he's like fuck it burn it all down <laughs> which is relatable, relatable but maybe not productive perhaps yeah maybe feel slightly counterproductive um given what he's been trying to do yeah yeah um, there's not a point where he's like, well, kill Uther, which would make more sense, and then Arthur will be king. Well, I feel it's hard to get to Uther, to be fair. I feel That might, to an extent, be the dragon's point, like, to get there.
1: But well, well, really rema- Uther remains
0: inside this entire episode. Come out. Uther doesn't, like, <laughs> he doesn't just, like, <laughs> even poke his head out the window. Yeah, yeah. it's never mentioned but Uther's a fucking coward. Oh, um, 10% in this episode anyway. Yeah. Because um, Uther's never consistently characterised. <laughs> he's like uh, Quinn and Glee in that way. Yeah, well, uh, well he's like all characters in Glee <laughs> in that way. Quinn particularly, I U- feel. Yeah. Anyway, then we cut to Merlin and Arthur. Um, uh, They are kind of on the battlements while Arthur's sort of are... are Arthur's ordering the knights about and Merlin apologises, he's like I'm sorry, and Arthur's like, well you're not to blame so it's fine, and we get shot of like <laughs> Merlin looking really ragged inside Merlin, like, have a lot of emotions being 100% to blame for this situation, yeah, <laughs> in every because <consistent laughs> um, yeah uh, the tactics of the knights are to use uh, to use fire yeah, so so just, to, just a to reminder, to, this is a dragon uh, the dragon breathes fire. So, presumably, like, <laughs> he can take being around a lot of fire. So, they're, like, notching arrows into their crossbows and lighting them on fire. Uh, Leon's there and a bunch of French yep. extras looking very intense. Very intense. About the whole uh, affair. About shooting uh, a dragon with fire, which it breathes. Yeah, yeah, so what happens is like the dragon swoops down and it then breathes fire. Yeah, they fire the <laughs> arrows which like hit the dragon and maybe if they do they just go out or they don't hit the dragon at all and then the dragon breathes back literally like over a thousand percent more fire back at them and they have yeah. to duck. And they have to duck and, and he's you like, think Baffling. What are you doing? Baffling tactics. D- spray it with a hose, if anything. <laughs> I don't know the- how do you make a hose in medieval life? That's not a question for me. <laughs> That's a question for Leon. <laughs> anyway, then the credits play. Um, da, 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 da. gave it the rinse. Yeah. Um, it the great. reason you can't sing the tune is because you made us skip the credits, which I was really sad about. <laughs> <laughs> it's do 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 do. Um, that's what the skip intro button is for on Netflix. Yeah, but sometimes the <laughs> intros are good. Anyway, then we are back inside with Gwen, who's shouting, "Oh, we've run out of clean water. I have to go get some clean water." And Guy's is like, "Don't go out there!" And she just ignores she him. She does. So <laughs> she goes like straight. Yeah, she goes straight to the well and starts like pulling on some ropes. Uh, at this point, I got very distracted because I've, in the since we last recorded, started playing Dungeons and Dragons. And the last plot we did was very focused around a well. And I was like, this has happened to me, but obviously it hasn't <laughs> happened to me. <laughs> okay, well, that's a different issue. <laughs> we can talk about your difficulty separating fiction and real <laughs> it's life. It's really hard. <laughs> Later. <laughs> um. Then, like, Arthur's yelling, clear the square. And, like, the dragon is approaching and he sees Gwen and, like, shouts her name. It's all very dramatic. Um, He like runs behind her. I don't know if she ever got the water. That's never made clear She a hundred percent did not ever get the water She falls flat on her face meaning that any water that she did get would have been lost And also she doesn't bring a bucket back in with her. Okay. Thanks for that. Um, (laughs) I was watching very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So the dragon sort of somehow hits Arthur into Gwen, and they both fall. At this point, Arthur sustains an injury, which he maintains for the rest of the episode. But it's never clear like what exactly the injury is. He's what kind of. He's got like a cut on his shoulder. He's got something on his shoulder, but at some points, like he's wearing like a bandage all the way across his chest. This is a scene that's in a lot of like fan vids and stuff, so I feel it's very familiar. Like whenever he's like shirtless but bandaged, but like he has. <laughs> He has the idea, but he has like blood on the front of it, which makes it seem like it was a through and through. But that would be insane yeah, because he then goes off to do loads of physical activity and should be dead. Also, in on the when he gets, you can just see hit the cut on his armor is just on his on his arm. <laughs> um, in the in the, when he get initially gets injured, there's nothing on his front. I don't think. Yeah, well, I thought the the thing on the front was meant to be that he was hit in the back. And it somehow was like oh. harsh enough to kind his of His chainmail is ripped on his arm. But uh, we can't see his back. It's fine. It's dark. Anyway. Um, Merlin like runs after them. And as soon as it seems that they've been fought, like knocked to the floor. He enchants a spear and throws it at the dragon. And it has absolutely no effect. And the dragon says. Ha ha ha. You think your petty magic could hurt <laughs> me. <laughs> um, Which is um, great. And then I, I think, think Merlin just <laughs> says like. <laughs> Go away. <Yeah. laughs> Leave Yeah, he just leaves <laughs> Um and that's the end of that scene and then Guinevere is like tending to Arthur being shirtless while Gaius like watches from a distance <laughs> smirking just, like really he's creepy, so, creepy, so weird. He's just like smiling in the corner. Anyway, then Merlin approaches so Gaius gets to turn to him and they do some exposition in which Merlin's like Oh, I couldn't I couldn't hurt the dragon. And Gaius explains <laughs> bafflingly that dragons aren't monsters. They are creatures of wonder and magic. Um which A doesn't make any sense because Merlin's face lots of creatures that are made of magic before yeah. this. And B, is wonder a substance? No, no. Wonder's not a thing. Wonder's like an emotion. Yeah, I know. I mean like Is a creature of joy and Schaden Freuder? <laughs> 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 not a thing. Yeah, I mean if like Obviously other fantasy worlds create worlds in which like belief has power. So you could say that if we we're in a Pratchett type world, yeah, the dragon is a creature of wonder. But we're not in that world. But we're we in are. this world. We're in this world. Which where is magic is very real. But I wish it we makes were. no sense. I wish we were in a Terry Pratchett world. <laughs> Okay, then it's the next day and Arthur is standing in front of Uther, the coward, who has no idea what's happening in his own kingdom, listing all the things that have happened, which are like, we have like, X number of men have died, X number of women have died, X number of people are missing, presumed dead, um, most of the fires are out now, but like, a lot of stuff's been destroyed. Um, there's a strange man standing next to Uther with a beard, who like, looks really significant, because his beard is so like, fuck off, and I wrote this down, I was like, who is he? When's he gonna come into the plot? He never. doesn't. No. <laughs> like, he's just a good beard. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like dressed like an advisor, so he looks like he's gonna be like a new Geoffrey, um, but he's not. Um, a new Geoffrey. Oh, <laughs> if only. <laughs> <laughs> um, Uther's like, what should we do? And Gaius says, we need a dragon lord. And then Gaius and Uther have an argument about dragon lords for a bit. In which it becomes very, very clear that this is yet another form of genocide that Gaius has just sat there and going, well, you yeah, yeah. what yeah. are we going to do about And then Gaius is like, well, actually, there are rumours that there was a man called uh, Balinor who escaped and is living in Senred's kingdom. And we later find out that Gaius doesn't know that Merlin doesn't know who his father is. So, at this point, Gaius thinks he's telling Merlin in front of everybody he knows, in front of the king, that his father is still alive and where he is, and that guys <laughs> knew this the whole time, and has not ever mentioned this at any yeah, other point. Yeah, he doesn't glance at Merlin at this point, he just does it. just And doesn't. then later they have so, a yeah. discussion about how Merlin didn't know that that's what was happening. Yeah, so, It's a really, a really weird move by guys. That's, that's a really great move. To not mention that at any point, and then not to like, even like, glance at Merlin while doing it. Also, um, we, learn at this, we learn during this juncture that Senred is, uh, no longer has a treaty with them that's become voided at some point yeah that might have been a plot point that i forgot but then they say oh well you know we are at war with Camelot, so we can't go into his kingdom um no, i don't remember this happening <laughs> yeah i don't remember this happening but it ha- this- these things change all the time in merlin so that's i guess true. that's fine Very uh, arthur's like oh i'll just go alone then and they'll be fine and arthur Uther orders him not to go and arthur literally just sighs he just goes yeah and then it's then really they're, funny they're like don't make this into a battle of wills and then arthur just like looks at him and i'm like damn goddamn!" and it's like he's like very kingly and then he just stomps off and he's like i'm gonna do it yeah he also um he like leaves the room calling merlin's name and he'd earlier been like i'll go alone it's fine and i'm like that's <laughs> but with, not but with that's Merlin not what you're announcing is it is, <laughs> i'll go alone but with merlin is a very common arthur Theme. Yeah, I know, it's just a very strong I go into the wilderness by myself with Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a very strong, sweet, established relationship thing that continues to happen, and I love it every time. Yeah, it's, no, it's good. Um, then Gaius and Merlin have a chat about the history and the nature of the Dragon Lords, and how they're like similar to magic, but like not apparently the same as magic, but Uther killed them all anyway, um, and how Gaius helped Balonar escape, and then, he, but then Gaius says like, apparently up to this point he just assumed Merlin knew what he was on about says, you've never heard the name Balinor, and Merlin's like, no <laughs> no." Nope. and then Gaius is like well, Balinor went to live in a village called the Aldor, and uh, he met a woman there and she let him in even though, uh, you know, Uther was hunting him, and we get this backstory and Merlin's like, wow, my mom was really brave and I never knew this, and Gaius is like, well I promise never to tell you, um, but Balinor is your father, and then Merlin like cries a bit it's pretty good. Um, and says twice, I have a like I had a right to know. which did It was very good. Um, also I have a couple of questions. One, did Gaius get to know Hunith through Balinor or did Gaius send Balinor to Hunith? That's so interesting. And I don't know. If the latter, how did Gaius know Hunath? Did Hunith used to work in Camelot as like a scholar roommate? Did Gaius grow up near Ealdor Never explained. Is not not explained in episode one? No, they just said they're like old friends. Oh, okay. There's no like... Yeah, then I guess probably he met Hunoth through Balinor maybe? Maybe. That would require like a period of interaction between the two of them while Balinor lived a relatively peaceful life, I guess. Yeah. Which (laughs) seems really weird. weird. Given that he was hiding. Balinor and Hunoth are having a kind of hidden... Well, they're in a different kingdom to be fair. Like honeymoon phase and Gaius is still living in helping out a genocide <laughs> and they're just writing letters to each other yeah. Oh, allowed the rest of your brethren to be killed today <laughs> lovely <laughs> the, the, the wheat crop is looking very good <laughs> um, anyway who knows what their relationship was like um, but I have written in brackets which we can sort of discuss later versus Merlin's I had a right to know about my parentage and where I came from is this what he believes about Arthur later later i can't remember i can't remember um I does do this think change what he thinks about arthur and like how he should be dealing with the things he knows about arthur's birth in any way i don't know we'll keep an eye out he, for it yeah i don't think he knows much yet in this decision to send merlin um to camelot where he does magic all the time seems inconsistent with her refusal to tell him who his father is um, maybe, but I guess his father is in a completely different place. um, Right, but she's, like, he's, like, is literally says Gaius it's knows. because it's dangerous. And I'm like, well, how is that any more dangerous than anything else that Merlin is doing, like, on a day-to-day basis? Well, to be fair, we don't know, oh, actually, we do know because Huna's letter does say, like, oh, I fear for Merlin living in a small town, so I've sent him to Camelot. <laughs> sent him to Camelot. Maybe she assumes that, like, everything's fine now, like, 20 years have passed and it's over. The, the decision making, of is a lovely woman. Yeah. But her decision making seems odd. Yeah, it does. These things can't all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, none of these people would ever have met if they were all logical actors. Yeah, That's true. That's true. Anyway, then it's the next day and Merlin's like packing up a horse about to leave and Gaius turns up and Merlin immediately apologises, which is like, you don't have to apologise. You did have a right to know, like, baffling like I'm sorry for like yelling at you Well, you know they think that they might die I guess everybody's close to death at this point so yeah. you might as well just apologise and be nice to each other um Arthur turns up about to get on his own horse and says of his injury it's just a scratch which obviously I can't hear without imagining the night from Monty yeah. Python and <laughs> <very> the <great> anymore. <laughs> it seems insane that you would allow someone literally wearing armour <laughs> to say it's just a scratch I know. Monty Python. It's like when they say all these other things like with great power comes great responsibility and like all you're, this other yeah. nonsense and you're like, these you know, writers, I like, think... the writers exist in the 21st century you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Have they ever consumed any other pop culture? <laughs> No, they only read Mallory, and then they wrote this. They haven't read Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> they read the Wikipedia article about Mallory, and then they wrote this. Uh, Gaius tells Merlin, like, Gaius is such a bad influence, not to tell Arthur who Balinor is, um, like, in relation to Merlin, like, not to tell me he's his father, because, quote, Uther would view the son of a dragon lord with deep suspicion. And haven't, haven't, hasn't Arthur grown enough? To, we assume, like, not tell Uther everything that happens. Like, literally, oh, like, 100%. a day ago, he just sighed in Uther's <laughs> face when Uther tried to order him <laughs> to do something and just left. He's yeah. just not doing anything Uther's ordering him to do. Why would he tell him there any of like, this? Yeah, and there are, like, like a bunch of moments yeah. where. Yeah, where Merlin almost tells him anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like That's so frustrating to watch. They're very frustrating to watch, especially as you know that you're about to be frustrated for three more seasons if you're rewatching. watching <laughs> um, But Gaius has no concept of what's going on and should stop giving advice. It's my hot take. 100% agree. Gonna bring back my hot take that, like, Gaius should die. And, like, the arc of this episode should have been possibly... Well, my two points are possibly this episode should have been two episodes. It, a lot of plot happens in this episode we're going to talk about a lot of stuff Like, and it should have been two episodes but possibly the person I, okay. I, I think there are episode, bits really? where like it just speeds up so much that you could have had like some moments could have been the climax of an episode and they're not they're just like a thing that had to be rushed through so we can get to the end yeah I guess Yeah. anyway possibly like you know let guys die, <laughs> just, <laughs> let <him> die. <laughs> just let them die if he looks like he's about to die all the time well, Colin looked like he was about to die this entire episode, which yeah, was really true. distressing for me. Colin um, looked actively Ill- unwell. Yeah, yeah, but Islam like, episode. but he was properly doing the like, you know, you've ro- worried yourself to the point where you're yeah, unwell. Not like it was clearly not like acting in makeup. though. I don't think he, Colin was no, sick. No, 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 but, no. no, no, no. Um, but it didn't come across that way. It came across specifically as what was happening yeah. to Merlin, which is that he was so worried that he's I made did. himself like vulnerable and unwell. Um, then they arrive in Cenerid's kingdom, there's some establishing shots of the world, you know, nature, but it looks exactly like Camelot. so it requires Arthur to say, now we're in Cenerid's kingdom, Cenerid's <laughs> kingdom. Um, they enter a tavern which is full of uproarious laughter and then turns to silence when they enter. This is something that gets rushed through, I again think, this could have been longer, and there could have been more jokes. There could have been more jokes. Like the, whole, jokes. the whole tavern were just like laughing uproariously and they just completely fall silent when Arthur and Merlin enter. And this is never explained, like, why, like, they would, like, it's just a trope, and they've just used it for no reason. Yeah, no, 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 there's never any, like... There's no reason for them to, there's never a reason established for them to not suspect foreigners or strangers, um, or or to maybe even just, like, immediately know that it's, like, Arthur Pendragon. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I mean, some people, like, Balor seems to know eventually when we meet him that that is Arthur Pendragon, but, like, how? Who knows? Um, Arthur then says extremely awkwardly, "Greetings," <laughs> which was honestly really funny. Well, good, done well done, Bradley. He did Bradley. have some very good lines in this, and the sigh. I'm never the gonna sigh. Stop the sigh was, sigh was so good. Um, Arthur uh, says to the guy who serves them beer, like he'll pay handsomely for knowledge of Balinor, And the guy's like, "So then, Arthur and Merlin sharing a room in bed. Um, they undress. Well, I mean Arthur undresses as per. Uh, he's you know his chest is covered in a bandage." Um, and he's immediately like upset that Merlin has been clearly upset off all through the day because he, and you know because uh, Merlin's found out that his dad has been alive this whole time and just guys knew about it which is yeah. distressing. Um, and Arthur like hits every beat of the classic Arthur I'm really worried about you thing, which is like explicitly what's wrong with you. Um, a very barbed version of. I care deeply about you which is it pains me to admit it but I do enjoy your surly retorts in fact it's probably your only redeemable feature Um, he continues uh, there are loads of servants who can serve so few are capable of making a complete prat of themselves Um, and then he's just trying to desperately get Merlin to admit that they'd be pals if uh, if... I Merlin refuses to respond to either of these so he just flips to full emotional sincerity (laughs) which is it's something. Tell me. Alright, I know I'm a prince, so we can't be friends. But if I wasn't a prince, and Merlin cuts in immediately, what? Because he's <laughs> fucking desperate for this relationship to go somewhere. He's like, what? What if you we weren't we we a prince? What if you weren't a prince? And Arthur says, well, then I think we'd probably get on. I'd like to say, as a side note, that in some areas, get on does mean um, get off. Yeah. <laughs> Although potentially not in medieval, medieval England. <laughs> well, this isn't medieval England. No, that's very I mean, that's <laughs> so very true. That's undeniable. Um, like Merlin is like a bit guy still, so he's like, well, if you weren't a prince, I'd tell you to mind your own damn business. But there's this moment, there's like a quite a long moment between when Arthur asks and went b- before Merlin. Actually, actually Merlin decides. says, actually, well, you know, I'm just I'm just like, worried about the people back home in Camelot. And there's there's this very clear moment where he almost says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Balin was my dad, and having <laughs> yeah, actions yeah, so about being my dad for the first time. <laughs> and he's already guided Arthur through this problem, so it is like very much like Arthur is the best person to turn to, even though this is never mentioned. Obviously, Arthur knows a lot about daddy issues, but I mean, also he knows a lot about like seeing your parent for the first time because they disappeared in your childhood before yes, you were conscious human. True. You know, like that happened. He met his mother. Very true. too. circumstances beyond your control. Yeah. <laughs> Two very intense things happen. Like, that wasn't mentioned, but you know, it's there. I guess. Yeah, no, a, there is a parallel. They both um, lost parents. Cut back to Camelot. Leon has now taken on like Arthur's role and is leading um the knights with the fire arrows. With the fucking useless yeah, fire no, arrows. No one's learned. No one's learned anything, anything except this time they're not on a battlement. They're like standing in the middle of the square with a shield wall, um, so that the, the um the fire just has to hit the shield wall and just be on the other side of each of their arms. And you see like you know Leon's sweaty face. Um, it's very intense. And Uther's like at the window. Again, Uther doesn't go outside this whole episode because <laughs> he's a fucking coward. <laughs> um, and then uh, the most baffling scene. Again, I feel like the tavern sequence could have been a lot longer if we wanted to make this two episodes. Yeah. Someone sneaks into their room. Never fully explain why, just to rob them, I guess. Um, I think just to nick them because Arthur's clearly wealthy Arthur's been flashing his cash around. Yeah, no, he has. Um, but also they do the thing that they did with the Lamia. Is that that's what Freya was, right? Yeah. Which is definitely. the point of view camera from the person entering their room, which is just a very strange cinematographic decision because they don't do this for anyone else. It's just like it, a point of view it like shaky camera. Gives him more import than he has. Given yeah. The, because this, they don't. This is like a very brief moment of tension where you're like, maybe it's Balinor, and then it's immediately apparent that it's not. And you're like, okay, well that was a waste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas if we had a you know a third of an episode spent you know looking for Balinor then, like, this guy could have had something interesting. I don't know what it could have anyway, happened. doesn't Arthur, matter. Arthur... Arthur grabs his hand um, and holds him at knife point. And but, like, says, on, uh, on Merlin's bed, I would also like to say, like, the layer is that Merlin's sort of waking up and on him is a man with Arthur on top of the man holding a knife to his neck. And Merlin just sort of wakes up and watches. Merlin's just like, ah, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Another Classic. day. <laughs> then, um, Arthur holds his man at knife point. And just immediately starts interrogating him about Balinor! He's, like, <laughs> Jesus, he's like, oh you're sitting yourself. Where's Balinor? <laughs> and it works! And it works. It's funny wild to me. This guy's like, oh yeah, is it a cave, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh Balinor lives in a cave and quote, hates everyone and everything and quote, the cave's the best place for him. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is all very relatable. <laughs> I think Merlin has, like, a face that responds to this fact. Um, yeah, Merlin, Merlin, like, a little... Like, Merlin not thrilled at this assessment of his this description of the man who sired him. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another scene which is not fully... I don't know. I didn't fully understand what was happening. It became apparent what was happening, but it wasn't obvious. So Merlin's, like, leading Arthur, like, through, like, through the woods. Um, and then they hear, like, a noise. So Merlin, like, pushes Arthur down and, like, hides behind a log. And then the camera moves back and we see that Arthur's, like, passed out. And I thought, because I'd forgotten the whole plot of this episode, that there was, like, some magic about, that, like, Balnor had put a thing so only magic users could come in. Like, that would make sense, because so, he's an antisocial bastard. Um, <laughs> but what had actually happened is Arthur just kind of, like, fainted from his wound. Arthur's wound is really, is much, is much worse, apparently. But than last night he well. wasn't able to fully tackle and interrogate a man <laughs> from full asleep Maybe that was just. Um, maybe that was. Maybe that was. But again, like it could, we could have just had a little bit of explanation of what was going on. Um, I thought that was fine. I, I was confused because I thought it was a spell, but it wasn't. Merlin just puts Arthur over the back of his horse. It's not dignified. And continues. It's not dignified in any way, and this is what made me think it was a spell, and because that's kind of how. Madam was responding like he wasn't worried that Arthur was. Yeah, hurt. He was, like, very blasé. It was the just fact like, that Arthur's, like, oh, Arthur's is, like, asleep now. Clearly unconscious." Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, he's put him on his horse. He continues. Then he spots a cave. So what he does is he gets off his horse. He just leaves two horses and a passed out Arthur and goes to investigate the cave. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Balanor tries to cave. attack him. Yeah, in the cave. Merlin's like, my friend is hurt. And Balanor is like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Balanor's <laughs> extremely rude, but does agree to help immediately, which yeah. is a, a good mood. I'm in in favor of this. Um, we like skip forward a tiny bit. Balanor has like put some healing salve and stuff on Arthur, and then has said some words. But there's been no special effects, so like, would they? Words? There was no. Magic? There was no twinkly sound. Yeah, so not immediately clear if it was magic, but probably magic. Uh, Merlin says thank you, and it's very very cute. And then they're like eating dinner together and Merlin like compliments the food. I don't know if the food is actually meant to be good, but he says looks good and tries to make conversation for a good while until Balinor's like, who are you and where are you from? Um, At which point it becomes very clear immediately that Balinor knows exactly who Arthur is and where they're from. Yeah, um, and is not into it. Um, he's asked, like, who Bal- They're both making this kind of pretence. They don't know who the other one is. Um, to an extent, they're not certain. But, like, Balinor seems to have recognised Arthur, at least. Um, so Merlin's like, yeah, we're, um, looking for a guy called, uh, Balinor. Um, I don't know if you've seen him around. Yeah, Balinor's <laughs> like, yeah, he's been around. He was a dragon lord. Um, he's dead now. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's dead now. Yeah, that was the argument. And he was like, who are you? Merlin's like, I'm Merlin, and this is Lancelot. A great night, <laughs> and Balinor's like his name is Arthur Pendragon, <laughs> which is beautiful. And then Fflaf says like, "Are you Balinor?" Which is like, "We ne- like you should have figured this out by now." It's fine. Um, they have an argument where this is another sort of like strong Merlin theme which we have discussed before. Uh, where Balinor's like, you know, I've been oppressed and now I live in this cave, and Merlin's like, "I know," and Balinor yells at him. He's like, "What do you know about anybody's life?" Which is. True, he doesn't know anything about anybody's life, but, you know, it's a bit. It is a bit. He Maybe cut him some slag. Yeah, yeah. You know um, anything about his life. Yeah, that's also true. Then we get a whole backstory, which is fun. So, was um, brought into Camelot to, um, according to Uther, make peace with the last dragon. It seems like a very stupid move to believe this is the case. Yeah, I know, I know, um, but it doesn't make you question him, like, at his judgement. yeah. yeah. Um, so he apparently believed this, and uh, Kilgara apparently believed this, um, and Uther managed to, like, chain up Kilgara. I don't know how, because I feel like you have to be a very stupid dragon lord to kind of be like, stay in this cave, and do all those things before realising it's a trap! <laughs> but yeah. that's never fully explained, that's just a banal story. Then he goes to live in Yaldor, he finds a woman, a good woman. <laughs> he did not give a name at any point. Uh, no. Um, Uther, um, like, even though he was no longer living in Uther's kingdom, Uther still sent people after Balinor, um, and so Balinor decided he had to leave his good woman in the Eldor, um, and he, he's like, well, the dragon, I completely understand where the dragon's coming for, which, from, which, I mean, same, because, you know, he was the last of his kind and the last of his king and ev- kin and every single one of them has died just like me, what well, was me, and uh, suggest that they, quote, let Camelot fall. Um, Merlin, like, nearly tells him what's been going down and who he is. And then Arthur, Arthur... just half awake and just says, like, Merlin's but name twice. In his sleep. Which is very sweet because they apparently just dream of each other. They do dream of each um, other. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mean, or, I mean, there are so like, weird ways that I would, like, to vaguely read Arthur and not all of them align. But, like, is he like listening and being like, Merlin, maybe don't mention this because guys told you, you know. No, I don't think, I think he is legitimately like feverish. Yeah, no, that is point. true. But it is good that he just it's seems to be Merlin. That's just a fact. That's just straight. That's, that's not, not even subtext. That's just the text. I'm just adding bits. Um, <laughs> then we wake up in the morning and another great Bradley delivery of, I feel great. <laughs> Do you know what? This is really the role that Bradley was made to play. <laughs> I know. I can't believe that. Like, we didn't just continue with like the knight's tales. They should have just let him carry on forever. Yeah, I know. We can still play Arthur now. Yeah, yeah, he's, still he's not young. even older. Yeah, no. And like a lot of Arthur stories in medieval literature happen when Arthur's a bit older anyway. Um, and it's his knights who are having adventures, and he's just sort of chilling. Yeah, advising them and like sending them help or whatever. So, absolutely, Bradley, come back and play another hilarious, like, reckless version of it's Arthur. It's so funny. Which is how he appears in legend, so it's all fine. Yeah, all good. Um, what's happening when Arthur emerges from the cave is Balnor is standing, looking at a tree. And apparently he's been there for some time, and Merlin's just sitting across, like, a little ways away, watching him yeah, watch a tree. Like ten metres away, watching him watch a tree. Um, Which is never, again, explained. I think it's just... Balinor's watching a tree because he's like in touch with nature and stuff. Is he though? Merlin's just sad. Yeah, that's also true. Um, And Arthur's just like what kind of man is he? And Merlin says I don't know. I thought he would be something more. Which is a harsh, sad time. Which is very sad, but a valuable lesson It's to learn about your parents. It's, it's such just... a shame that these boys couldn't explicitly bond over being disappointed by their fathers. <laughs> because that's a way one can bond with almost anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with most people. <laughs> that's a classic way of, uh, you know, getting someone to become closer to you and, you know, expose your emotions. Anyway, then we move back to Camelot. Uh, Gwen's like overlooking the destruction of Camelot, which is the like, Camelot with like some bad CGI smoke coming out of it. Um, she's like standing on the battlements and Gaius comes to talk to her. Again, like, they need to have real conversations that aren't just kind of exposition, frankly, <laughs> in, is my hot take. They mention Morgana, which is fun. It's good to mention that she still is alive yeah, somewhere. She, she is still missing. <laughs> she's still missing. Gaius is like, I'm sure she's fine, though. She's great, you know, so reliant yeah. like <laughs> baffling thing <laughs> to say. I'm sure she's fine. Yeah, she's alright. <laughs> Um Gaius says to Gwen, um, they just like shift into speaking about Arthur, he cares the same way about you, and Gwen just frowns, which is a hard same from me. If anyone tells me a man is interested in me, I just frown. You just frown. <laughs> I don't wanna know that. She's also like Gaius is like, you love Arthur. And Gwen's like, we all love Arthur! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all feel the same way about Arthur. We all Me wanna... and Merlin have talked about this many times. It's just how everyone feels how about everyone Arthur. everyone feels about Arthur. There's nothing wrong with either of us. Then <laughs> <laughs> Gaius says, out of nowhere, never underestimate the power of love. I've seen it change many things. Like what, Gaius? Which is insane. Gaius has seen love change precisely nothing. Everything is bad in Campbell. <laughs> yeah, all of Gaius' life has been bad. He's never seen that. Gaius isn't Dumbledore. What's happening? Also... Although he is about at uh, the same level of, of trash as Dumbledore. <laughs> so in many ways, guys, he is Dumbledore. There are some, yeah, there are some, like, narrative ways. Of Wildly matches. manipulative of young person in your charge. <laughs> Bad at making decisions for half of other people. <laughs> Responsible for, for needless deaths. <laughs> for some reason was the leader of the light before the young chosen one arrived. Yeah. That kind of stuff. At least Dumbledore's good at magic. Yeah. guys, is mm-hmm. not good at magic. magic. Anyway, then we move back to the cave in Senred's kingdom. But, uh, Balinor just says, farewell then. <laughs> Which is really funny. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, Arthur thinks he's, like, done this big speech that's going to convince him. And he's like, just you wait, just you wait. It's going to be great. And then Balinor comes back and he's like, alright, bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, Arthur's like, How can you do this? How can you be so heartless? Etc., etc., etc. And Balanor be- says, You should ask that question of your father. And Merlin's like, and You're no better than him, i.e., you know, Uther. And again, he and Arthur should be allowed to talk about this and be deeply disappointed <laughs> by their father's moral decisions. Obviously, Balanor does then seem to change his mind. Um, but yeah. Deeply disappointing. Merlin invokes Gaius. Uh, Balnor calls Gaius a good man. Adorable. Me and Alfie both just kind of, like, sighed at this point. Who <laughs> <He> were <was laughs> like, how does he still think that's the case? Yeah. <laughs> it's because, like, I guess maybe Ga- I mean, no, Gaius... No, no, Gaius got him Balnor specifically out of Camelot. But nobody else. Uh, Merlin looks really emotional, like, at um Balnor. Arthur just strides away and just sort of yells Merlin's name a couple times. And Merlin, like, attempts to have a conversation and says the line, like, I wanted... Poignant pause. It doesn't matter. Th- there's no that. point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He also probably would have said something more at that point, but Arthur keeps yelling his name. And he's so yeah, stressful. Toxic. So then they're in the forest. They've set them. up camp in the woods. Um, and again, Arthur's like, Martin's <coughs> yeah. there I need to talk to him. I need to figure out what's wrong. I'm very unhappy about this. And also like, re-realises that Merlin is baffling to him and he doesn't understand him which is like a deep crush like relatable feel like who is this person (laughs) why do they behave this way I don't understand like uh, (laughs) you just figure out all their like reasons for doing things um Uh, uh, Arthur says to Merlin I always thought the science would be a blessing with you but I find it just as irritating you're a riddle Merlin but I've got to quite like you and Merlin's like sort of vaguely refusing to fully engage um but Merlin does engage at this point and says yeah now I realise you're not as big of a fool as you look. And Merlin's like, I feel the same. Now I realise you're not as arrogant as you sound. It's, it's honestly beautifully done. The level of flirting is the, it's unreal. I will continue. Um, Arthur's like, you still think I'm arrogant? And Merlin's like, no, more supercilious. And I was like, that's a big word, Merlin. You sure you know what it means? And Merlin's like, condescending. And Arthur's like, very good. Patronising. It doesn't quite mean that. No, these are other things that you are. <laughs> and it's th- genuinely shocking to me that Arthur knows what super silly it means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised that Merlin knows what it means, but Arthur? I feel hmm. like Arthur was given tutors as a child. Yeah, but I don't think he absorbed any of it. <laughs> I want to just, as a side note, mention one of the things that many people have noticed about Supernatural is that every time... Dean and Castile, I haven't watched Supernatural or talked about it in many years, so this is something that was mentioned in, like, 2015, maybe, <laughs> yeah. was that every <laughs> time Dean and Castile had, like, a conversation, it would be explicitly interrupted. Like, it would never come to a natural conclusion. It would always be interrupted by either a monster appearing or Sam appearing or someone else appearing in, in front of whom Dean would refuse to mention his emotions, so both of them stop talking. And people have kind of observed that the writers actually don't know how to finish these conversations arguably without like yeah, making out yeah basically and or this have feels some a tiny, tiny, of bit, a tiny bit like that that there is no way for this scene to have ended without a significant development in that relationship yeah and if so therefore they happen. have to interrupt it. Because otherwise they can't keep in the state of perpetual limbo in which Arthur's a dum dum and Merlin's keeping secrets and like nothing ever develops, nothing ever moves forward, which is very stressful. And then another thing happened. This is this is the bit where I'm like, this should have been two episodes. This should have been the finale. This this should be the end of this episode. And Arthur is hearing is is, Balnor catching up with them. A great time at this point. I realized for the first time, Balnor's Irish. Another. Yet another Celtic. (laughs) You don't get true magic if you're English. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, it's an aberration. But they cast Colin when they knew he was Irish, and then they then after that they asked him if he would do an English accent because two Irish main characters, too much. Too many. That's explicitly the reason. That was just in the backstage stuff. Yeah. Too many. We have said that before, but it is a crazy thing to 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 say say or to think. It is baffling. (laughs) Absolutely baffling. Two (laughs) Irish people. It actually makes sense. They've obviously got more than that because Gawain is. uh, I uh, uh, I think he plays Gawain is also. Yeah, that's quite late in the game. But I mean, it does to an extent make more sense if you have all the magic people be like hagan britons yeah like in some sense that like is the old religion whatever and then you can either say that you know i don't know what you've decided that arthur and his people are like either the romans or the anglo-saxons i don't know um but like it makes sense it makes sense just let them all be irish and welsh yeah it's fine <laughs> then there's another kind of like hidden information almost like again ca- calling to mind this kind of sedgwick like Hiding things is a closet and then, like, starting to... Explode. I can't believe you're bringing up That's all I think about. <laughs> all I think about is queer theory now. Um, <laughs> One of us went back to university. <laughs> yeah. But they don't teach any theory at my university course. I'm really unhappy about it, so I'm just forcing... Merlin and Balnor are collecting firewood. Um, and Merlin's like, this wood is too wet. And, Mal- and was like, we'll make it light. And then it's like... Yeah, um, this is like, frisson in yeah. the air. <laughs> Where they're like, oh, yeah. I can do fire spells too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one spell I, Merlin, can, can
1: <laughs> yeah. do. What yeah. Do. Yeah, do the only one. <laughs>
0: um, Then they discuss the old religion for some reason. Um, and Balnor says that the old religion, like, can't be learnt. Either it's part of you or it isn't. This is a very interesting thing to talk about in terms of, like, once a culture has been kind of really pushed down to some point, how far can you feel connected to it? And... If there are people who is still exist who had the full cultural upbringing what's your relationship to those people and this exists across the world in many cultures it exists in like wales with like people who whose family is explicitly decided to stop speaking welsh this is something that this is the only part i can speak to as a welsh person um of like and now i'm relearning welsh but i will never have that as my mother tongue what is that and what if that was a religion? I have no experience with religion or any wider culture. But it is an interesting conversation. And just, actually, Merlin's really interesting because it does touch on all these things which matter. No, and it just doesn't do it, with it. It just enough. doesn't do with anything with them. But it is interesting. And um, do we think that... We do think that the the answer to is the old religion a part of Merlin or isn't it? Yes or not? Or is he something new? Um, I think he's something new. Yeah. I think it's like a path that's open to him, la Morgana. And it's a path that he explicitly does not choose. Nice. Interesting. A third way, very quick. A third. <laughs> 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 At this point Merlin is like <laughs> I can't go that. Um Haneth uh Hanneth, he finally names her is his mother and then fully says, I'm Heunith. your son, Huneth. I have always thought about it as Hanneth. I know they always say Hunith. But in my head, I think they're wrong <laughs> about the, the character that they wrote. Um, he fully says, I'm your son, which is, like, so brave. Yeah, he's, but like, so brave and terrified in this moment. It's really lovely. so sweet. Um, yeah, this is, like, probably the bravest thing man's son. That's far. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and Balnor, like, almost wants to bow out of it and says, I don't know what it is to have a son. And but I was like, "Well, not I, not I, a father." And then Arthur just walks through the background, <laughs> making noise in the forest, interrupting things. And I'm like, like this is another. Like, can Arthur hear? Does he know what's happening? Does Arthur has Arthur like picked up on this to some extent? That like, there's something going on that he's not aware of. That these conversations are happening. It's really hard to tell." Um. Arthur, after Arthur has kind of wandered away, Merlin asks Balinor not to mention to Arthur the, their father and son. Um, and then they make like significant, meaningful eye contact, which means that over they've the come fire. to an accord. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and Merlin, um, Merlin, like, Merlin's face is like he's so happy and he has this like, he keeps having this like kind of like surprised, like unbelieving, like baffled almost, like m- flashes of like hope and happiness so over un-unhappy. his face. Yeah, Um, so we're (laughs) just (laughs) devastated. We skip a little bit of time, and then it's night, and Balnoss sitting by the fire, whittling things. Arthur's asleep, and they keep having yeah these kind of moments where they're trying to figure out their relationship. Um, uh, they are discussing like you know Balnoss' decisions, and Merlin's like, well, you know, why didn't you ever come back because it was too dangerous? Um, and I'd have to go back on the run again. And Merlin was like, well, why didn't you? You know, why you could have come back, and we could have come with you. And Baton was like, well, you know, what kind of life would that be? (laughs) At which point Alfie was like, they're literally peasants. (laughs) It's not like he was taking him away from like anything other than abject poverty in either like an open field or abject poverty in a cave. Like, neither of yeah, good. Yeah, also, Bound doesn't have to live in a cave. He's chosen to live in a cave, but that's not also, the only Bandle's life. Also, in caves seems, like, quite nice. Yeah, it's, it's alright. <laughs> it's a pretty good cave. Especially compared to some of the weird hovels we've been in in, yeah. in the villages. Like, it is just a, a different kind of enclosure with the same things in it. So, it probably would have been fine. He yeah. looks like he's been eating well. He does look like he's been eating well. That is true. Um, Merlin suggests that after this is all over, they go back to Ealdor. Um, do you know what this just, reminds me of? Mm. Do you know no, what I'm gonna say? I don't know what you're gonna oh, say. It's and serious in, in how oh, yes. says, oh. You can come and live with me mm. Wouldn't that would be good and Harry's like I would love that. I would love that so much. And they never get to have mm. The thing that makes that moment worse, and to an extent this moment, is that a 13-year-old boy, Harry, is just so willing to do that because he's had such a terrible life so oh, far. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, some stranger comes out of nowhere who's been in prison for, for 13 years and is like, do you want to live with me? And Harry's like, yes, I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's, like, Harry's a teenage boy who's had like literally no affection in his formative years and it is a severely abused child, whereas... Merlin, obviously this is a really awful thing that's happened with his father, but his mother did love him and yeah. he has grown up in like a house. Yeah, unknown. and he's actually not suggesting that he go off and live with Balinor. He's suggesting that Balinor come back and see Hunneth. Yeah, exactly. Hunnith. Which is a more sensible today, But it reminds, that like, that yeah. like, almost. Yeah, it's very, it's very close to Sirius. HP. Also, Balinor does have like long hair and a beard. Also, yeah. was saying, does look quite like what I always imagine Sirius post-ask <laughs> event to look like. Yes. Um, Balinor's like, oh, she won't recognise me. Um, and then they sort of leave that in the air, I guess. Um, and Merlin starts asking about what it is to be a dragon lord. Uh, Balinor tells him that it's passed down to father to son, and you won't know if you have the power until you face your first dragon. Now, there are a couple things I vaguely wanted to say about this. I'm not into the (laughs) father-son. Yeah, no, well, that's patriarchy. That's nonsense. Um, but also, like, Merlin has faced his first dragon in the first episode, like he hears a dragon calling him in his brain. At what point, like Merlin, then sort of doubts if he could be a dragon. Like, like at what point is it in doubt that he's a dragon lord? Yeah, right. Like, like obviously the the powers we find out later like, don't kick in until Balinor is dead. But like, yeah, we find out there are extra powers. But like he, clearly, but at this point I was he like, yeah, has this explains to everything dragons. that's happened thus far. Like, yeah, <laughs> and then Balinor says, "Good night, son." And, and Merlin says, "Good night, father." And he's so happy. He's so happy. Are you so nervous about saying it? So oh, I've done Harry very well. from Sirius on the train, and he says to the Dursleys, "Oh my, my godfather! He's just escaped from prison." <laughs> and it's so good. It's like, oh. And then Merlin wakes up, and in front of him is a little whittled dragon, which is very emotional. And then. Arthur jumps on that <laughs> and puts his hand over his mouth, which is very exciting. Then a lot of action shots happen, but they're very fast. There's only one night. This is the, the it's just a lot, right? No, if, I think there's more than one because Arthur goes off then and fights. Maybe is two, but someone else. I think there's not many. Merlin wildly fails to fight um, this one night. It doesn't use his magic until until, Balinor until has is stabbed, already been stabbed through the heart, trying to save his life much too late yeah at yeah. no point is Balinor like what the fuck were you doing before <laughs> well no I feel like that would be a mean thing to do if you think you might die that would be a mean thing to do but it would be my instinctive reaction <laughs> um, um, Balinor to be fair has chosen, shown himself not to be a mean person he's not mean he's like, just grumpy yeah very very grumpy uh, Merlin and Balinor have this very fast conversation where Balinor gives him some advice about being a dragon lord Um. And says that he believes that you will make me proud. It's really emotional. Yeah. Colin does a great job. Colin is great. Really good. Colin, honestly, yeah, Colin has a very like, specific crying face that I think like really like messes me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, at this point I wrote down what does Arthur think is happening. Because they're just like, the, the camera's so close to Merlin and Balinor. And like, Merlin's like cradling Mal- Balinor in his lap. Um, and, like, crying over him. To be fair, I do realise, like, uh, a second after writing this, that Arthur apparently has been fighting a different knight and has only just come back. Yeah. Um, but still finds Merlin cradling Balinor sobbing. Which I guess could be, like, about Camelot, but, like... I think, yeah, I think if you don't believe that Arthur knows then you can choose to read it as he's, like... This is, A, Merlin... We, Arthur knows that Merlin is, like, an emotional person who gets upset about stuff. But doesn't understand why. Just innately doesn't understand. Yeah, but it's like anything that happens. What a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you know, and now Camelot is doomed. Yeah, but, but getting to that level of emotion immediately after one person is stabbed about Camelot, which is quite far away, I think, is a leap. I don't know. With well, it, but also they've been tense and like so upset yeah. and for so long that like. Yeah. This is maybe this is just the thing that pushes you him over the edge. Yeah. Um, oh, Arthur gets kind of annoyed and like throws his sword down um, uh, because was dead and I think Arthur says that Camelot is doomed? Yeah, he does. Yeah, nice. Okay. Then we skip ahead a little bit um, and a watchman sees Arthur and Merlin sort of trudging back into the square um, and then they meet again in the same war room that they met with Uther in earlier. Arthur's very sad. Merlin is even sadder in the background, like properly haggard, distraught, holding it together for now, Merlin. Um, Arthur announces that the last dragon lord is dead, and he says that he wants to take some knights and go out and attack the dragon. I think it, it was good that like the Gaius was very clearly just watching Merlin's reactions to Arthur's what Arthur yes. was saying at like, this whole point. Now he's he paying is attention. paying attention to Merlin's responses to information about Arnold, but Merlin already knows all this information, so it's not like you I th- know. I think he's watching it. To check, I mean to check that how Merlin's doing, but sorry, to check how Merlin's doing, but also to, I maybe even to like gauge what he thinks has happened, because I, I think there's a different like Merlin's reaction would be different if they like gone to a village and they'd be like, oh yeah, Balinor died fifteen years ago. Mm. That's true. To what has very clearly happened is that the Balinor died very recently. Yeah. Um. Uther says, like, there's no point sort of attempting anything anymore, and Arthur says, Prelatable. so what? <laughs> yeah, Arthur's basically like, we're gonna die either way, we're so we sort may of as to go, well down go out with horses and properly give it a shot. Leon stands next to Uther and just <laughs> looks <laughs> looks off, off camera, off. like like to his like, 10, 11 o'clock, but in like, quite like high up into the up middle into distance. distance, into like where you might imagine the corner of the roof he's not looking is. at arthur he's not looking at uther it's he's not, not clear looking what at this the is camera. i think he's meant to be being inspired but it's insane it's not- it looks like it looks like there's like a production assistant doing something vaguely amusing or yeah. or like interesting <laughs> or in or the like, back yeah and, and he like, doesn't think that this is the real take <laughs> yeah like, that like he thinks like, like, this is a run through so he's just sort of standing there he's just like <laughs> watching whatever's going on <laughs> off camera <laughs> It's a shock to discover that he's on television. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, we were filming this? This whole scene where everyone was acting? That was real? That That's was real. that was the job? Well, he's Whoops. just got bored halfway through. <laughs> Maybe. Like, so um, then Arthur asks for volunteers to come with him. He's like, I need about 12 nights. I don't know what he thinks, like, why has he picked this number if he thinks they're all going to die? It's irrelevant. It's wildly irrelevant. Like, he's like, I need, I need 12 nights. Um, I won't, nobody will be looked down on if they don't volunteer, but... It, you know we're probably going to die but I think this is worth doing um, I do admire these speeches of Arthur but I don't agree I don't think any of this stuff is worth doing <laughs> if you do think you're going to die that seems like a bad move just run for it Yeah, <laughs> exactly just leave if Camelot's doomed Camelot's doomed but you could live in a different kingdom there's more than one yeah there's other basis um, go and live in that cave that you've heard, isn't yeah, you know, cave? <laughs> go live yeah. in a cave it'll no be fine Balinor's it. fine um, well, you know, that's up for grabs Balinor was fine until you interfered Arthur <laughs> yeah so Leon stands up and goes to stand with him, and all the French extras look very inspired. They do look great. I mean, the like, French extras are killing it this yeah this episode. Like, uh, like the faces they pulled when they first pulled the like crossbows at the beginning were a bit weird, but this was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Merlin looks extremely distressed. He clearly knows he's also going to be coming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And then the camera pans back and they've made a circle around Arthur, you guys. (laughs) Like the round table. (laughs) But not with a table. Not (laughs) with this, with people. Yeah. I was trying to think if there was a significance to 12. I was like, are there 12 knights? And then I was like, no. 12 disciples. Yeah, that's what I then thought. (laughs) Because all the texts have different number of knights in them, but what has 12 consistently is Jesus. Jesus. Well, I don't think that was what they were trying to pull on, but okay. But that is the most famous number of 12 followers. It is, isn't it? Then we uh, cut to Merlin crying in his room, which is really relatable. <laughs> yes. um, and he has this conversation with Gaius where he like doubts that he is a dragon lord because he threw that Spear earlier and it didn't work. And Gaius reveals that the powers only pass from father to son um, when the father has died. Which would be very useful information to have had earlier, Yeah, but sure. But fine. And then Merlin asks, like, do you think I can do it? And Gaius is like, maybe. <laughs> Gaius is like, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> what he tends to say, you know, I think what he sort of says is, you know, actually I don't think it's any better than that, to be honest. Is <laughs> like, you know, you might do. But as I sort of vaguely said immediately, because I tried to keep it in so that well, my, my reactions in, so I can give you my fresh takes. Um, but this is <laughs> what I did, turn to Alfie and go like, but you just say yes. You say just yes. Just say yes! Because if he dies, you don't have to deal with the repercussions. If he dies, everyone's going to die anyway, so it doesn't Yeah, matter. if he dies, you don't have to deal with him coming back mm. being like, you said you thought I could do it, and then I did it, and then it didn't work. Which is a parenting thing that does happen, but not in life or death <laughs> situations. <laughs> not if literally everyone's going to die if he doesn't do it. Yeah, Just exactly. say yes. Just say yes. Cut the I completely believe in you, and I have complete faith in you. Like, that's what Balinor said before he died. Yeah, Balinor's a better dad. Balinor's a better dad, guys. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He was a dad for like 10 minutes. (laughs) It's only a dad for 10 minutes, and he outdadded Gaius, even though the kind of show seems to think that we should think that Gaius is the better dad. Uh, But I'm not having that. Okay, we're in Gaius' chambers. Uh, Merlin's putting on Arthur's armour. Arthur says, wildly, because he clearly wants to have an emotional conversation, but this is a just strange way to open an emotional (laughs) conversation Look on the bright side, Merlin. Chances are you're not going to have to clean this again. Like, wow, what a great fun way to remind me we're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, <I do. laughs> um actually at this point Merlin hasn't told Arthur he's coming with him. So what Arthur thinks is happening is he's saying to Merlin, lol, I'm gonna die and you're gonna live with it. And Merlin responds, like, You must be careful today, do not force the battle. And Arthur just goes, Yes, sire. <laughs> That's Arthur's kink. <laughs> Arthur says, th- "So this is the kind of like Arthur's picked up on some stuff that has gone down, and it's not clear how much he's picked up on." Arthur says, "Merlin, if I die, please." Merlin responds with another very eager, "What? What? What should you?" <laughs> um, dra- Arthur says, "The dragon lord today, I saw you. One thing I tell all my young knights: no man is worth your tears."
1: This is What a very does
0: un- this mean? <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I assume it's, it's about the fact that they're all going to have to cope with their, like, brethren dying. I don't I mean, I think like, who doesn't think that's what it is. But I think that's what it is because that's what that makes the most sense in the context. Um, but that's terrible advice. Uh, you should absolutely cry if you're grieving. It's yeah. a healthy, natural response to grief. And if you don't cry, you just calcify the grief and it just... It just is bitter and hard within you and messes you up forever so this is bad advice but i also think that this implies that arthur's running some kind of like very queer (laughs) set of knights. it's like whenever they come in i always warn them against heartbreak about men specifically (laughs) (laughs) what i think i think it is they're gonna see that their comrades killed but, I guess, but I don't, like, that's a baffling thing to say about seeing comrades killed. That's, that's like, a, even worse than saying it about heartbreak, I think. it's a wildly baffling thing to say about your comrades. You should absolutely cry. Uh, um, anyway, so he says, no man is worth your tears, and Merlin says... Well, so that's a really shitty thing to say about your knights. Yeah, like, I know. They, they are worth your tears. <laughs> of course like, they are. They were great dudes. They were great dudes. Merlin says, yeah, you're certainly not, because the only thing they say to each other are, like, full-on opposites of so what they need. Yeah, mean. you're certainly not, whilst already crying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Merlin's already crying about Merlin. Merlin, through his tears, says, yeah, you're certainly not. <laughs> so Arthur picks up a sword, and then Merlin picks up a sword, and Arthur's like, wait, what are you doing? And Merlin's like, I'm coming with you. And Arthur, once again, is like, Merlin, the chances are I'm going to die. <laughs> and Merlin's like, yeah, you probably would if I wasn't there so then he get, comes very close to discussing yeah, yeah. all the things that have happened like sobers up again and is like are you seriously coming and man's like yeah i'm not gonna just watch i'm gonna come and then says i know it's hard for you to understand how i feel but well. <laughs> and there's this is very like pregnant pause <laughs> and then he says i care a hell of a lot about that armor
1: i'm yeah, not all gonna let you mess part. it
0: up <laughs> What a time! What a time. What a serious a finale episode. this was. See, what if this also had been extended, okay? What if Balinor had died, episode ended, that was all extended, and then we had all of this, like, emotional build-up. They'd have, they'd have just had sex one last time. <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd have kissed for the first time and then never had sex and it would have been sadder. That's true. But they wouldn't have died. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've rewritten it as a tragedy. In the current version, they do. then die. <laughs> well, that that specific trope requires you to die. I think you should like, realise the person and, like loves you, but then you still never get to be with them. Yes. That's, that's the saddest of all the universes. Um, so they go out, it's dark, there's a bunch of horses. Yeah, yeah, so then they have the classic shot of, like, all the people on horseback with cloaks, like, cantering out of the courtyard. Merlin is not there in that shot. Or he is he's, wearing a- <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a cloak that he later ditches. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. I feel like Merlin would do that. Um, but it's baffling to me that no like script supervisor was like, yeah, the whole point is Merlin's coming. That was all... Of, the last two scenes were really f- focused on the fact that Merlin's coming with them. <laughs> I don't know who script supervised Merlin. And if they were allowed to, to have any input. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, this doesn't match up. And they are like, shh shh, 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 the aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, that is the answer. That is why they didn't do it. Um, again, they begin to do... A, ta- a battle tactic, which is just baffling to me. I do accept that they were previously fighting fire with fire, but, like, <laughs> fire with like... weaker fire, which is, again, a bad move. So this might be a step up. I'll, when I complained about this, Alf was like, yeah, this is better than what they were doing. But is it is it truly... It's not good. In, in a clearing on horseback, and they're all sort of vaguely facing different ways. Um, they're facing outwards in a circle. Yeah, and the kind of dragon is circling above, and Arthur kind of wants them to hold position for a really long time and then they sort of spread out and then like when the dragon has landed, they're all like riding in a circle around it. What do you mean, maybe is a good idea? Instead what happens is the dragon lands, everybody immediately falls off their horses. Well to be fair, they do manage to make it to a circle around him and then the dragon just does a huge circle of fire for like like two-thirds at least of the circle. All of them fall off their horses and it's honestly strongly implied that Leon dies. It's like so, sorry, this is the weirdest part of this episode. Everyone is immediately like immolated, right? Yeah. Everyone is all just the gone, ex- gone. <laughs> gone. And Go all that's left is Merlin and Arthur. Merlin. Leon ha- we've already seen has definitely volunteered to come. We didn't see Leon ride out, but we didn't really see <laughs> anyone ride out. Yeah, yeah, there were just people running <laughs> out, out. Merlin didn't even ride out, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> like, but Leon's there. And then when they come back later, Leon's Leon not does there. not come with Leon's them. left in the <laughs> clearing with the other dead knights. Because well, he, he died. He died. Leon died at the end of series two, guys, and that was just a ghost for the rest of the rest of the rest of the, the man It's just a ghost of Leon, and, then and nobody about questions him. <laughs> and I've never, never realised this before. But he's dead. Yeah, because when we first watched it, we accepted he died, and then there was a whole series break, and then we forgot about it because it happened so fast. Like we honestly weren't meant to have had a deep connection with Leon. He was just the one knight who got to speak. And just because he did a good job, he was sort of elevated to have a yeah, real character. Yeah, Rupert Young did some good acting. Rupert Young fine. did do some good acting, except for that one time was just staring on <laughs> screen for no so reason. Much in this episode. <laughs> Most of it was good. That was just that like one moment. Um, yeah, Leon dies. That's what happens. Merlin then just he yells was, the word never "stop," again. Um, which obviously was not helpful. It was not um, helpful. Um, Arthur like throws a spear and is just again should be immolated should be dead clearly, isn't oh it? yeah the fire the fire fully hits him he doesn't have he a like, shield even he like ducks the fire but the fire is like he all just bends around down him, yeah and it covers like he's surrounded and then it comes back and it's just gone and then um, the and then the dragon fully like backhands him with his wing and, and if then, you think about the fact that swan's wings can break like a person's arm think about what a dragon wings can do he's definitely broken his neck or his spine or something but all of I time, don't think about what swans can do, but that's <laughs> terrifying. That's um, bad. Uh, Sorry, go on. And, and nothing happens. He gets knocked out, but that is it. He doesn't get knocked out for very long as well. He gets knocked other out thing. for about five minutes. <laughs> as per. I think it's just, like, and again, if we hashtag Arthur knows, what happens is he just gets hit and this refuses to get up until it Merlin's like done. is Arthur should be dead. Twice. <laughs> Or well, we should address the fact that Arthur has superhuman yeah. powers. <laughs> or, the fact that Arthur was born of magic, arguably more interestingly, the fact that Arthur was born of magic means mm. that he's like resilient in some way. Obviously, that's not ever addressed. We, they could have addressed that though. They would could have great. addressed that, and, and that, that would have been, like, been really, been really interesting. helpful for the plot. Yeah, and then they would have... They could have had made, better action sequences. It would have made, made sense, sense so he like, didn't die all, <laughs> all of the time. Anyway, as soon as Arthur passes out, Merlin starts hearing Balinor's voice. Yeah, Which there's a, flash- nobody there's a flashback I don't think it's a flashback this is new information like he hasn't been told this before this is new advice as to how to be a dragon lord oh I thought it was a flashback but no, you're right because no, right, information. Merlin says to Gaius and he was there with me Yeah, I thought it was more metaphorical yeah. than it was <laughs> no no I think this is <laughs> legitimately true and again brings into question what the old religion is what it believes, what happens after death um, was that really a grain you know all these questions. I have so many questions, you guys. <laughs> so many questions. Please send me an email and tell me if you've figured out the answer to any single one of any of these questions. We don't know. I would be eternally grateful. Um Balinor says to Merlin that of him and Kilgari you're both the last of your client, your Dragon Lord, he's a dragon. Quote, your soul and his are brothers. Very Harry Potter. Very Harry, Harry and matchy. Potter. matchy ones, all that stuff. Um <laughs> Um that's what happens in Harry Potter. I know so. <laughs> What to no Does it sound ridiculous when you say that? <laughs> um, and then Balnor says when he speaks, uh, you when you speak, he must obey, which isn't how brothers work. Uh, anyone with a brother, uh, anyone with a brother is uh, intimately aware that they don't just do what you tell them because you're siblings, <laughs> because your souls are brothers.
1: Yeah, It's um, not happen.
0: Anyway, then Merlin yells some dragon language because he's been told that he has it inside him all along, all that sort of nonsense. He did have it, he did have it inside him all along. (laughs) Um, And Kilgara um, like bows to him. And like I do accept that this is the plot, but the, the tone suddenly switches, and, like, it, like, I feel like there should have been more special effects or more music or just something to indicate that something really significant had happened and that Kilgara can no longer continue doing what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, because it just seems like he chills out a bit. It just seems like he's just changed his mind. Yeah. that's not, pl- like, it doesn't seem that, like that isn't what being, happened. Or well, he doesn't seem, like, resistant, you know, like, he d- it doesn't he's seem like angry he's being compelled. It. Yeah. He's just like, oh, okay, here we go. Well, he, yeah, he just suddenly decides that Merlin is more powerful than him which I guess is accurate But I just think maybe like some direction or some music to indicate that that happened would have helped me understand this scene better Anyway, Fogara bows and then immediately asks that he not be killed even though he's aware He's done some bad things because he's the last of his kind and if you know you kill me then you've killed all the dragon race Um, Merlin pulls out what I think is the spear of the she am i right about this um i think so yeah yeah well this is the only piece of continuity and i um i'm weirdly obsessed with the fact that this is the only bit of like (laughs) thing that they keep from previous episodes anyway he pulls out this she spear and throws it at him but he doesn't like put any magic behind it so it just kind of deflects off um and is like okay fine i order you to never come back and sort of never interfere again never you know put the life of Camelot in danger. Yeah, um, if you come back and you try and kill people, I will kill you. Yeah, you'll be done. Um, and the dragon says that he, um, I will not forget your clemency. Um, and insists that he, uh, he will come back at some point, and yeah. their paths will cross again. Much <laughs> of all of our exasperation. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur immediately wakes up. He was awake he the literally, whole time, he you guys. You never passed the out. Like, flaps away, and Arthur's like, Hi, I'm here. <laughs> And again, this is extremely an Arthur knows scene. Um, He stares at Merlin in complete wonder. He's, like, gobsmacked. He, like, is, like, you can take this as, like, he can't believe he's alive. But, like, he's, like, staring at Merlin, like, this is the most wondrous thing he's ever seen in his life. And Merlin turns to Arthur and says, you did it! And And Arthur just laughs. He laughs for, like... 20 whole seconds because that's insane and Arthur knows and he's like I can't believe that that's how we're going to pitch this. <laughs> I know. Arthur didn't even Arthur like stabbed its leg. <laughs> Arthur did nothing and then he lay there pretending he passed out because he's superhuman and he never passes out. Although well, to be fair he knows he's not dead so he thought that leg stabbing was enough to freak it out. I mean, maybe. But that seems unlikely. But I, I think more likely is the wondrous fact that Merlin could just pull out some dragon language and force him to leave and then would then turn around and be like, you did it <laughs> when you stabbed him in the leg. Just laughed. It was great. I loved it. They love each other so much. They do. Martin and Arthur walk back into Arthur is watching from a window because he's a coward. Um, and this is the point where I screamed, Leon's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Leon does not come with them. Leon's not there. Leon's ah. dead. The king—he was killed by the dragon at the end of season two. Whoever's doing season three, four, and five is a ghost or someone else. <laughs> Looks very Leon's much like brother. <laughs> Some weird retcon thing happened, or like someone played with the fabric of time. We just don't know about it. Um, Gwen and Gaius emerge into the courtyard, and Alf says, <laughs> "Alf said, two unwanted presences. <laughs> we didn't what want, you want them." Then? I mean, which is honestly true, because I do think that the last shot of this episode should have been Merlin and Arthur, and it wasn't. Um, didn't need all this extra stuff. We didn't need the extra kind of wrapping up, which is that, also, like... Also, if anyone's going to come down, Uther should come down. For God's sake. We're a terrible... we a terrible, terrible dad. I mean, I mean, it should have been Uther and Gaius, and there should have been, like, a dad thing. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, like... Not that I don't love Gwen, because I do, but but in terms of, like, imagery... Yeah, also yeah, we can discuss Gwen in a hot second, I think. Um yeah, Gwen hugs Arthur, Gaius hugs uh Merlin, they get a hug each and then Merlin's like, <laughs> oh, oh I hugged. I heard my dad with me, I, you know, he was with me and uh Gaius is like he will always be with you. But I do not understand, like, to what you said, Gaius really understands what Merlin is trying to convey to him. Yeah, I don't know if he just means it in the way that people say that about, like, when people die and they're like, well, they'll always be with you because you'll always remember them. That, like, the stuff they taught yeah, you Yeah, always be Gaius then is like, oh, and I'll always be there for you as well. Um, but I don't think... I don't... I, it's really hard. Or... Gaius is saying, yeah, that's how the old religion works, mate. Like, that's what happens. They just come back every now and again. I'm going to be hanging around you forever, Gaius. <laughs> <laughs> you never get rid of me. <laughs> um, And then the last shot is of, like, Merlin and Gaius laughing, walking down a corridor. Which is baffling because this whole episode was about Merlin and Arthur. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end. And then it's like, Merlin will return. And honestly, um. this arc the the inclusion of guinevere which normally i absolutely am in favor of um would have made more sense to me if it was uncertain whether this would be the end like if this might have been the last episode of merlin then all of the things they did started to make sense they had like a weird little circle which was a pseudo round table um i was know. into that i think that was fine that was good um i mean that's fine but like a weird thing to do if you know you're going to do it again later with other knights who aren't dead yeah that's true I'm like you have to involve going a bit it's if you're going to <laughs> if you're going to finish the end it's part of a bit but like I loved the episode it was a great time it's a it's a great episode I would love it I would recommend it should definitely we ask watch our it again. weekly question why didn't they kiss I mean because they kept getting interrupted but they definitely were gonna kiss how gay was this episode so, so, so it's, it's, yeah really gay I, maybe, maybe top, top uh, three of from, this series. Yeah. yeah top three of this series for sure I mean it's gonna contend the first episode really oh yeah to an extent yeah. I mean like. Like the flirting is slightly less banterous, but like you know, we can't always have. I'll teach you to walk on your knees every episode. I'll <laughs> we'll have that every episode. i we can, but it would be like, it would be odd. Uh, uh, do you guys slash Uther think uh, they're in love? I mean, I think they've just accepted this. I mean, it doesn't super come up? but, Guys like, is weirdly into G- to Gwen Arthur this this ep- this uh, episode. So yeah, maybe less, but also like Uther them? watches. Arthur be like, I'm going alone, come on Merlin. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Otha thinks they're banging. Yeah, it's knows they're banging. Uh, would you recommend this episode? Should yeah. we yes. watch We watched this episode. episode. I do, yeah, it should have been two episodes. It should have been two episodes. And like, there were so many good beats, like, I would have watched this for, you know, hours. Yeah, you've, no, you've convinced me. Thank. Thank. Cool. Uh, should we do, like, some themes and then some fun fic? Yeah. So yeah, let's talk about Gwen for a hot second. Normally, Gwen is the heart of an episode because she, like, adds a moral core. Gwen doesn't really do anything in this episode. She doesn't actually. do that this episode, which means that I was slightly more, like, baffled by her presence. Yeah. But normally I'm fully like, yeah, Gwen's there making them do right but things. But her relationship with Arthur wasn't particularly interesting. She doesn't really no, talk to no. about anything. And, like, she talks to guys, but again, she should be talking to guys about moral shit, and she doesn't. Like, yeah. she talks to guys a lot, and I would watch them have discussions in which she's a better moral person than him, because she is. She is. But they never have any of those conversations, and I'm really sad about it. No. If you know any thick where she fully calls out Gaius, She's please like, email me. You just st- sh- yeah in the same way that she does about her dad later with us. Um, they should have talked more about their daddy issues. Oh, a hundred percent. Or just I mean they didn't even they, like there would probably have been ways to write it that they were not like there wasn't completely explicit that you know you didn't have to deal with like oh could Merlin be magic, but like. If Arthur doesn't understand how dragon lords work, because nobody understands how dragon lords work, then it's to an extent fine to be like, oh yeah, I think this guy's my dad. Without, yeah, without being like, without assuming. Also, yeah. like, yeah, I just feel like their level of trust is there. Yeah, it's there. That even if Merlin wouldn't necessarily be like, I'm magic, that he'd be able to have that conversation. I would have loved an, ing- an Green like, invoking. Yeah. Even if, like, it didn't lead to a full conversation, but just, like... Like, this also happened to me. I thought that she was beyond my reach for my whole life, and then I got five minutes with her, and then she disappeared again. Yeah. And I can never have her back, and I'm really upset by this. Um, and I guess a Morgana kind of parenthood thing I would have liked at some point to go and do. Obviously, Morgana wasn't in this episode. It was nice that she was invoked, that she was, like, mentioned a lot. Yeah. That people still felt that she was missing, because that's a thing that happens on television a lot, that, like, someone isn't there... And they just the cast forgets they ever existed and they're no longer part of the plot where like people disappear in your life. You constantly think about them. Yeah. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) You're not just like, well, that happened. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You don't like forget they ever existed. Um I went to look up some fanfiction for this. Um and I realised that season three started in September twenty ten. We're all so old, you guys. I'm so unhappy. (laughs) We're old. We're we're very old. Um, (laughs) Um, but luckily fandom at this time was like very like like to an extent accessible. If you've never like looked at Life Journal, because you're young, it's a bit weird. But like this was an era, especially in Merlin, where they did a lot of like like well, awards and people were nominated for things and people like made a lot of lists and collated them in places. So I can hopefully put some links to some of that sort of stuff somewhere on the social media. This is when drastically redefining protocol and in want of a wife and crowned at the summer court and all these things you know, like were winning awards. Um, which we've all mentioned before. Yeah, the hiatus fic, fic that explicitly turned up on the archive during the hiatus between season two and season three include The Student Prince and Lord Drake's Bequest. Excellent. So basically this is peak time. This is like peak Merlin, and that's because this episode's just so fucking stellar. We had a good start, we had a good end of season two. The other hiatus fics that I decided to mention were one called All Assemblative, which is uh, Cinderella Merlin style, mm. somehow not a you or crack, Uther throws three balls to try and find Arthur a wife, or so he says. Merlin has some issues with this. <laughs> um, and the title's from Twelfth Night, my favourite Shakespeare play. Um, I, like, don't remember anything that happens in this fic, but I almost definitely read it. Like, this seems really familiar to me. Do you agree? It seems really familiar to both of us, but neither <laughs> of us can remember anything about it. <laughs> I'm really excited to reread it. Apparently there's some gender betting that happens, which is, you know, my my shit. I also deeply remember this one, which is another hiatus fic called Love, Toast and Post-it Notes. I do remember this one. Um, which is summary is, it was love at first sight and Merlin knew it. When it came to the flat, that was. Merlin wasn't anything like as clear about the man he was going to have to live with. What do you remember about this? I do remember being very cute. Yeah, that's what I remember. And there's some stuff about university. It's a very cute university fic, I think. Um, I also have two hashtag author nose fics from general points in the... Uh, arc because i feel there's a bit very big mood of this episode <laughs> so all the colors in disguise summary arthur knows arthur knows that merlin knows that arthur knows they don't talk about it they don't need to i would uh, disagree and that would say that they do need to <laughs> talk about <laughs> it um but there's different types of fan fiction some fan fiction is like veering away from the plot and some of it is like justifying the plot but with your yeah with additions which is what that was i do i think is doing And the other one is called Everything Always. Summary, Arthur discovers Merlin's magic, but no matter how hard he tries, he can't tell him that he knows. Even when he starts having nightmares about Merlin's death. I've definitely read this. It's emotional. I've also read this. Yeah, what a time. Um, Then there's some Balanorfic. So we're going to read some Balanorfic, and then we're going to tweet it out if we think it's good. I also just wanted to flag um, Asa Butterfield um, off of being uh baby mordred Mm. is in sex education on netflix um it's a very fun show i didn't realize he was in sex education yeah he's in sex education it's it's very fun he's in it um i know a bunch of people who've spoken to him in a work capacity about that show and they all said he was very charming and very nice which is a nice thing to hear about ex-merlin cast members yeah Um, well i do believe that of all of them just innately I would be deeply shocked if any bad stories came out. With child actors, it's always a bit risky, isn't (laughs) it? And then Tom Hopper, who plays Percival, who hasn't come in yet, but um, will, uh, is in Umbrella Academy uh, playing number one. uh, And that is a flawed, a deeply flawed show. But it's also a lot of fun. um, And you kind of. And he's very very good in it. He plays a large, buff man. Nice. (laughs) Which is always what happens. Excellent. Um, thank you so much for listening to now two seasons of When Will a Kiss. When uh, Will Kiss will return. Well, yeah. At some point. At some point. Um, but thank you so much for listening. If you have literally any thoughts, contact us on email at whenwillmerthakiss at gmail dot com uh, on Instagram at whenwillmerthakiss or on Twitter at Um, Yeah, just give us a shout. We'll be around. Yeah, we won't, we won't abandon any of these accounts. We will just continue noticing them, even if we're not producing content on them. We'll be there. We'll be there. Watching. Cool. Waiting listening. <laughs> for uh. For to return. <laughs> or at least for Bradley to return to playing Arthur, honestly. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hanging on for. That's the, the long play. Cool. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. The Dragon Lord today. I saw you. I tell all my young knights no man is worth your tears